Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. It's our hope that this message would encourage you in your faith and would help you to get to know God's love, grace, and mercy in a personal way. If you have any questions on the sermon or would like to know more about Maranatha, please visit us on the web at maranathafreelutheran.com or call our church office at 218-498-2808. Thank you, and may God bless. Well, tonight we're going to look at an incredible moment on the water, taken from John chapter 6, verses 16 through 24. If you have your Bibles, I would encourage you to follow along. There are two other texts um, as well. Um, Mark 6, 45 through 56, and Matthew 14, 23 through 33. And... Uh, Matthew is the only account that has Peter walking on the water, and that's the one we use most uh, when we talk about walking on the water. But as I was thinking about this incredible moment on the water, I was reminded that Minnesota has a hard water problem. For about four to six months, we can walk on water. Now, would you say that that's a miracle? Or is the ice thick enough to carry you? Anyway, we've got an advantage up here. Luke, would you uh, show the video and then I'll use that for the reading of the scripture tonight. came, Jesus' disciples went down to the lake, got into a boat, and went back across the lake towards Capernaum. Night came on, and Jesus still had not come to them. By then a strong wind was blowing and stirring up the water. Disciples had rowed about three or four miles when they saw Jesus walking on the water.
and immediately the boat reached land at the place they were heading for. That's pretty short and brief. Let's bow for prayer. Father in heaven, I thank you for your word tonight, and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be our teacher and uh, show us what you would want us to learn and to apply it to our lives. And now in the name and in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind Satan so that your word and your spirit would do a work in my heart and in each heart now. In Jesus' name, amen. An incredible moment on the water. The hungry people were miraculously fed. And in each of the gospel accounts, the feeding of the 5,000 comes before the walking on the water. Following this miracle, many of the people wanted to take Jesus by force and make him king. Luke 6, 26 states, Woe to you when all men speak well of you, for this is how the fathers treated the prophets. Jesus sensed that the climate of his popularity was about to change. I'm sure Jesus had thoughts of his forerunner, John the Baptist, who had been beheaded and I believe he was mourning that loss at this time as well. And then we have the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They were gathering on the horizon, watching carefully to what Jesus was doing. They were filled with antagonism ready to confront Jesus and ask him for some special sign from heaven. And Jesus reminded them that only the pagans ask for signs. Jesus finished feeding the 5,000 and he puts the disciples in the boat and then it says in the, the Mark account that he released the crowd. He kind of gave the disciples a head start in the boat. And then he released the crowd. And then where did he go? To the mountain to pray. After one exhausting day of work, you know, when we're tired and we come home after a hard day's work, isn't it kind of nice to sit back and kick back and relax? But that wasn't Jesus' motive. He went to pray. And I would say that prayer is the hardest work we can do in the kingdom. Jesus went up the mountain. He needed time to pray. 
to ask for strength in the face of what was ahead. And as Jesus is praying, the disciples are on their way across the sea. We get a glimpse of the disciples. The disciples were on a journey from Tiberias to Capernaum. That was some over five miles to get across the sea. They left just as the sun was setting. They were rowing their way across the sea. And during the trip, a squall came up. The Sea of Galilee is known for that. Storms coming up without notice. And they rowed the boat. And as the squall came up, they rowed that boat as hard as they could. They were probably rowing the boat anywhere from six to ten hours. That's a long time. That's a lot of rowing. And the scripture says they weren't making any headway. I'm sure they were quite discouraged. And not only that, physically they had pain. They'd been up all day. They were tired. Pain from pulling on these oars. Maybe they had cramps in their forearms. We don't know. It doesn't really say. And probably the blisters had been turning to blood on their hands from all this rowing. And now it is in the fourth watch, which is from three in the morning to six in the morning. Remember they left at sunset. And all this time they were rowing the boat. And the storm was beating hard against the boat. Pellets of water were hitting them in the face, blurring their vision as the lightning flashed and the storm raged. Tired and worn out, they think they see a ghost. And then a voice calls out, Take care, take courage. Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. And here comes Jesus walking on the water. What an incredible moment on the water. And then we see Jesus here. In Mark's gospel, Jesus <coughs> was about to pass them by, it said. Can you imagine that? You're having all this time rowing and Jesus is just going to go zoom right by him. What would your thoughts be at that moment? Throw him a rope. <laughs> Throw him a rope. Yeah. I'm sure they got a little discouraged. But he heard the disciples cry. It's their cry for help. And he speaks 
to the frightened crew. Isn't it amazing when we are most afraid, it is usually at night or in a storm, right? Yeah. It is at those times we cry for help. At times like this, little children run to their parents for protection. The disciples were looking for protection. I remember up at uh, Bethany Bible Camp. Some of you would go up there for senior camp, I know. And uh, I think it was Thursday nights was skit night. And they would work all week in their groups to get skits together. And I, I liked to go up there that night and watch these skits. They were hilarious. And the kids had so much fun. But anyway, a group of boys left as soon as they swallowed their last bit of supper and they were out the door and I looked out the window and they were putting out three picnic tables in the water. Three end to end. And of course they were doing the story of Jesus walking on the water. And Peter was walking across those tables and once he ran out of tables he went poosh. It really was quite graphic, but real. And I'm sure, you know, when any of us go into the water, we have something to say. An incredible moment. And I'm going to take from Matthew's account and include Peter. Peter experiences a miracle. Peter sees Jesus walking on the water and he longs to go out to him. And Peter asks, Lord, if it is you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come. Peter got out of the boat and he went to Jesus. Definitely a miracle. And he wasn't walking on ice either, by the way. The storm was still raging. And Peter walks on the water toward Jesus with Peter's eyes fixed on the Savior. The water holds him up holds him up on the sea that is still wild with rage. This is one incredible moment. And here we see Peter's courageous faith as he trusts in Jesus' power enough to walk out to him at his command. And the disciples have seen Jesus do many unbelievable things, but now they see an ordinary man doing the miraculous, doing
doing what they thought only Jesus could do. Peter turned his head and he was brought to his knees. Peter took his eyes off Jesus and the scripture says, and he saw the wind. Some unique terminology. How do you see the wind? The effects of it, right? You don't really see the wind, you can feel it. And the storm was raging, the wind was blowing. But it says he saw the wind. Interesting. We never express ourselves that way, do we? We always express the effect of the wind. Peter took his eyes off Jesus. At that moment of fear, Peter's faith gave way. He looked at the terrifying wind and forgot Jesus, and immediately he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. When I was, uh, I had, when I went on sabbatical, I had to go back to the seminary and uh, be interviewed before they would have accepted me. I'd been preaching for way over 20 years at that point. And uh, <clears throat> they talked about a lot of things. And, and then uh, they passed my transcripts around from college. And all of a sudden they got to Jim Johnson and he said, Dale, you got really good grades and I had graduated with honors. But on the line called swimming, I had a C. That was the poorest grade I got. But if you know anything about North Dakota, it is required when you go to college to take the swimming class. And I lived over there and it was a long ways from any lake, let me tell you. Maple Lake on the Minnesota side was 60 miles from our house. Golden Pond, some of you are Golden Lake, it's about like a pond, and Lake, uh, another one close by, I can't remember it, Tobiason, there we go. Well, anyway, I, I had to explain why I got this C. Well, so I told my story. And I practiced every week. I went swimming and I could float on my back some. And I wasn't very good. I was 28 years old when I went back to college. So anyway, we had to take the test. It was going really, really good. I, you know, you have to jump in the deep end and swim to the shallow end. Well, I jumped in the deep end and I came up, it was going just fine, but I forgot to breathe. 
and down I went. Guess what? The most beautiful blonde lifeguard. <laughs> Had to let me struggle until I quit struggling. And then she had that pipe or whatever it's called with a hook on the end. She dropped that into the water, but she wasn't quite strong enough. I mean, I was 220 and she was half that. So she got down in the water and had somebody pulling that pipe or whatever you call it. And I got back up. That was the end of my test. They didn't let me go to the shallow end. You know, I should have flunked. But she was so gracious, she gave me a C. I was so thankful. Believe me, I still don't like water. <clears throat> and I believe I must have cried out like Peter. Save me. I thought I was going to die down there, you know. Seconds feel like minutes when you're in the water. Right? Yeah. But the Lord heard Peter's cry, and immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And Jesus said to Peter, You of little faith, why do you doubt? Now, Jesus never rebukes or makes light of faith. He always encourages it. And the problem with Peter is that doubt took the place of faith, okay? And Peter took his eyes off Jesus. James 1, 6 says, but when, he, but when we ask, but when he asks, we must believe and not doubt because he who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed in the wind. That's what doubters are. They're like a rough body of water. And then we see the deliverance and the safety in the boat with Jesus. Peter was safe in the boat with Jesus. The disciples were safe in the boat with Jesus. Scripture says, God is our refuge and our strength, our ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. He says, therefore, I will not fear. I will not be afraid. They immediately, it says, they reach the other shore. There's another miracle. The calming presence of Jesus as he got into the boat, the storm settled, and immediately they were to the Capernaum. That's a miracle. 
And uh, Mark 4.41 declares, even the wind and the waves obey him. He is in control of nature. You know, we think we, we got everything all figured out, don't we? No. We have absolutely no control in a storm. And what can we learn from all this? The disciples, through Peter, they gained a visual definition of faith. For what more is faith than stepping out in obedience to Jesus and looking to him to sustain our steps even when the path of obedience takes us over uncertain and untamed waters. Faith carries us through that. Because Jesus is with us. Through Peter, they also learn the difference between walking by faith and walking by sight. When Peter fixed his eyes on the Savior, he walked on water. When he turned his eyes to the wind, he sank. The storm on the Sea of Galilee helped them to realize that there would be spiritual storms of mounting opposition. The opposition of the Pharisees and Sadducees would threaten them and demand a greater faith in Jesus. They learned to be prepared for the sudden gust of wind. Jesus' popularity would change. One day they would crown him king, and the next they were crying out to him, crucify him. The spiritual storm was starting to rage. Jesus withdrew from the disciples and let them go in the boat by themselves. I believe he did this to wean the disciples from sight to faith. Jesus was teaching them to rely less on their physical eyes and more on their spiritual eyes. They had to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Five things that happened here. Jesus is the one who gives faith. He's the one who can enable us to walk on water. Second, nature obeys the command of Jesus. When Jesus spoke, the sea was calm, or just his calming presence made it calm. Jesus' presence has that calming effect. The miracle resulted in worship to Jesus. Truly you are the Son of God. And the miracle reveals Jesus. And you know that's that's why the miracles, they were to reveal Jesus and bring glory to him.
not to Peter, not to the disciples, but to Jesus. And I don't know how it is with you tonight, but maybe you're relying on your own strength. Maybe you're in a storm and you figure you can take care of this. This isn't a very big deal. Got news for you in John 15, it says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Absolutely nothing. Do you get that? Our own abilities in the presence of Jesus is nothing. My friends, Jesus is the most important person we can ever know, right? Let's, let's just speak the name of Jesus tonight, okay? Would you, and speak it loud. Let's go, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. That is the most important name you'll ever know. Yeah. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for these young people here and this, all of these that have gathered tonight. Bless them. Draw them to Jesus. Show them what a wonderful Savior you really are and how much you love them. In Jesus' name, amen.